Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Monday. It's a new day for USC Trojan football. USC announcing the hiring of the next head football coach, Lincoln Riley, coming over from Oklahoma. Huge bombshell. We're going to talk about that with the coach, Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, for all of his content. If you have questions or comments for the show, please email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, or call or text us at 424 424- Two five four nine one four one. We've got voicemails, emails, text messages to get to. We'll get, let Ho- Coach Harvey Hyde address all of those. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, follow us on the Parastyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Any kind of review, that does help to grow the show. You know what else helps to grow the show? Some actual good news around the USC football program. It's been a while since we've had something uh, like this uh, that will excite the fan base. Um, USC hasn't gone out traditionally and and tried to hire big name coaches that were proven winners at other spots and obviously they've done that uh kudos to Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna for not getting a not just getting a great hire but keeping it quiet and uh going out of the you know hitting a grand slam someone that you didn't really even expect would be on the radar and USC nabs them and it's a crazy landscape out there in this college football coaching carousel uh, we see you know Florida getting their guy and Billy Napier. USC ends up getting their guy, and Lincoln Riley, someone the LSU wanted. Right now, as of as we're recording this, LSU still doesn't have their head coach. So that's where you didn't want to be, sort of on the outside looking in when the musical chair when the music stopped, uh, and you didn't get a chair. Florida got their chair, not as good of a chair as USC got uh, with Lincoln Riley, and we'll see where LSU goes from here. But now Oklahoma's open. You still got Washington open, Virginia Tech. Uh, so there's a lot of jobs out there too. And USC ends up getting their guy, and they got him fairly early. So I don't think it could have gone much better than that. But you don't want to hear me talk about it. You want to hear the coach and what he thinks. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Ryan, I was really enjoying that, okay? Okay. I was really enjoying you explaining that all <laughs> to everybody out there. And really, I'm, I can tell you're excited. I know a lot of the people are excited. I know I got a lot of calls. And it was a great hire as far as USC is concerned, as far as what they needed. They needed an immediate transfusion of somebody. They recognized their name. They needed a rock star. And uh, a rock star in L.A. works. And he has all the correct connections. And now we have to go from here to see exactly how it goes. Uh, <clears throat> I've heard that uh, they're making it really a great uh, coaching position. And uh, he's going to be really taken care of. And also that there will be some changes in the athletic department and uh, facilities. And there'll be, uh, I just can't go into too much, but uh, it's going to be a great coaching position for him. And it was difficult for him to turn it down with all the advantages of the USC Trojan football program as far as what he's accomplished at Oklahoma, how he leaves there as a legend, not uh, having to compete in the Southeastern Conference, and then coming to USC, which is a program that is really uh, not in great shape, but can be immediately, and then again, uh, put together a great program here in the Pac-12, so he'll be the face of the program, and I think immediately the nation has woken up as far as recognizing USC in the Pac-12. 
No, I agree with you, coach. And uh, for for this, um, we were hearing a lot of rumors and a lot, and there were, I feel like the the Trojan fans and maybe even people that work there, there's sort of like a PTSD thing going on where they just weren't used to anyone making a great decision or anyone uh, being bold, anyone treating USC like a blue blood program, like most of the nation thinks it is, but USC hasn't acted like it. And I feel like even the fan base coach, people on Twitter, like, you know, if I said something positive, like, no, that's never going to happen. They're going to get someone terrible. And people were just not willing to believe that nice things could happen to the Trojan football program, if that makes sense. But they're pretty happy now. It's funny how things can turn around. And it just, it took USC just to act like USC and fans are excited again. They are excited, uh, Ryan, and I'm happy for them. It comes at the right time of the year. It's an exciting moment as far as in the ticket office and the donations and the people that are now relating themselves back to the USC Trojan football program. They have made a commitment, and uh, it is a big commitment. They understood the importance of this job, what it meant to the USC family, the students, and the whole package. And they had to make a statement on this or else it wasn't going to happen. They were going to be in uh, dire straits and it was going to be more controversy. So they had to go all out and open up the checkbook and the checkbook was there. And uh, we'll see now what happens with the the big uh, program. And uh, I'm excited about it. I've met Riley. I know him pretty well. I uh, did the kickoff luncheon when he came out and played in the Rose Bowl. And then I did the uh, Laurie's restaurant MC thing when he was there and met his wife and, you know, did a little tailgating with her. And so he's a great guy, believe me, a great family. And uh, I think USC is going to be real happy with him. Oh, that's great that you got personal uh, interaction with him. Um, before we'll get into more stuff. We got a lot of questions. We'll probably just jump into that. But the there was a game on Saturday, which seems like a million years ago, because that was before USC had hired uh, Lincoln Riley, um, but the team did show some heart, you know, ultimately losing 35-31. I think that can be a building block for Riley because people were saying, oh, there's no talent on this team because they get blown out by UCLA. I think there was pretty bad coaching and there was a lot of, the, the talent's still there. They're still not as good as maybe Pete Carroll years, but Don wrote in and maybe we'll just kind of give this thought on the game and then move on. But he says, USC was worth watching on Saturday. I was actually hoping they would win. They finally looked like they were playing for each other. I believe Graham Harrell was auditioning for his next job by running the ball more. After two years, you just don't decide to change your philosophy. Tell coach when I see him on Sunday, I lose or when I listen to him on Sunday, I lose an hour of my Sinatra tunes. Uh, anyway, that's from from Don. But yeah, I thought the team looked like they were playing for each other, coach, which is something we hadn't seen. Don, I agree with you. I want you to know when the game was over with, I was doing a show. I do an evening show at 9 p.m. And I really felt bad for the Trojans. I felt bad for the players. I really felt they played really hard and wanted to win that football game. They really did hit BYU hard. Uh, They uh, physically played a pretty physical football game. And uh, I felt bad. It came down to a guy running a route rather than going six yards or seven yards, whatever the necessary yard was. He came up a yard short. And that's too bad that happened. But uh, I really felt bad for them. I think it, uh, I've been saying this all along. I wish that was the last game. And Ryan, you know, I've been saying that. I never thought they should be playing this game. And with the announcement of the new head football coach and the excitement there, 
and also with them playing hard and losing to a team that now won 10 games, I think that would have been a great ending of this football season and the start of a new. But uh, if I could get out of that Cal game, if I was them, I would. But they can't now. They've got the television in an 8 o'clock kickoff, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, that's the way it goes. And uh, we'll see what happens with his staff and everything else and what he's going to do and the recruiting and what's happening in Oklahoma. And as far as Washington is concerned, that's going to be a uh, – I have a good feeling who that's going to be. And I have a good feeling who's going to be it. Also, uh, LSU, and that's why he was so strong by saying, I'm not going to LSU after the Oklahoma State game. He knew he wasn't going to LSU, okay? So uh, this was a great thing. They did a lot of interviewing last week, other coaches too, and with the Oklahoma State loss and the timing the way it was, it's just a perfect situation for everyone, USC and Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Uh, let's start off with a voicemail, Coach, and get your thoughts. Here you go. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Coach. Uh, it's Don from Chicago. Unbelievable news. Hiring Lincoln Riley. It's an absolute home run. After years of disappointment and frustration and anger, my phone comes through big-time hire. Coach, and Ryan, I'd like to ask you guys, what is the first thing he does? Does he focus on bringing the Oklahoma recruits to USC? What, what is the first thing a coach does when they take over a program like USC that is at rock bottom to begin turning it around? Again, Ryan, thrilled by this news. Finally, the fans are going to come back. I do believe he will bring us back to the promised land. Thanks so much for all you do. Don from Chicago. That's something from well, Don, what, Coach. He's uh, not the most optimistic person, usually. And uh, Don's fired up, so that's got to tell you something. No, that's good. And I think everyone's fired up to see what exactly is going to happen and the, the rebuild, or just say uh, a birth now of uh, another uh, program in Southern California with a rock star. And you got to have a rock star. You've heard me talk about that. And now you got a rock star at USC. So uh, now we'll see what happens with the rock star. And if you have a rock star, you've got to put together an orchestra. And you've got to put together everything that makes him sound good. Good audio guy and everything else. And that's a coaching that's your coaching staff. And when you always coach, it's a funny thing. You always say that, you know, you know who the great assistant coaches are around the country. You do. And you say, you know, my next opening, if I have an opening, I'm going to hire this guy. Or who's giving you the most difficulty in recruiting or uh, what defense I have I gone against? It really is a, a tough one to figure out. I like what he does. You always do know. And, and I know that he had in his mind, you know, this didn't just happen in 24 hours. Uh, you've got a plan, and he had talked to people around the country as other coaches are talking now as far as this is what I've been explaining as far as the SC coaches now trying to find a coaching position on who may be interested and not interested as far as going to USC. And the way I understand it from my sources, uh, the money isn't going to be a problem as far as what they pay the assistant football coaches, okay? So uh, he's going to try to get the best people he can around him to support him. He's smart to do that. He loves to call plays. He's the offensive coordinator. So when you look at the offensive side of the football, 
you almost want to bring intact your offensive staff from Oklahoma as long as you're happy with the performance of them as far as recruiting, coaching, loyalty, the whole package. Why? You don't want to, again, teach a coaching staff your entitled, entire offense. You want them to be ready to go and teach the players the offense. So you don't want to have to look over their shoulders. So the ones he wants to bring from Oklahoma, he's going to bring, okay? He's going to bring, but just going to uh, bring him a loyalty. It's going to bring him a, a non-teaching as far as having to teach new coaches, as far as what he wants to do on the offensive side of the football, which he's very successful with and, as you know, scores a lot of points. Now, on the defensive side of the football, he's got to bring himself somebody that can bring that defense along. And I think he'll probably bring the defensive coordinator, but I'm not sure he'll bring all the defensive assistant coaches because they've allowed a lot of scoring. And he's always had to outscore people. And uh, he doesn't like that because he'll lose 38 like he did Saturday by four points. And at the end of the game, the team drives down and scores and so on. That's very frustrating and so on. So you want to bring somebody on the defensive side of the football that can recruit defensive players and has a reputation for coaching great linebackers and getting linebackers to go to the NFL or defensive backs to go to the NFL or defensive linemen to that he's coached that goes to the NFL. You've got to have those type of people as far as coaching your players to attract great players to come to USC along with the attraction that USC is. Then he'll, after he looks at that, he'll look at the staff at USC, the coaching staff, not the front office, because he doesn't know any of them. He'll look at the coaching staff, and there's really a Texas Tech tree there. I mean, uh, all of those coaches are from Texas Tech, and he either coached with them or coached them or whatever. So he'll have a tough time in deciding if he's going to keep them or not. He'll have a tough time because there's friendships involved there, and there's also friendships at Oklahoma that he wants to bring on the offensive side of the football. So I think that, you know, the offensive line coach and the tight end coach and Graham Harrell, all these guys are part of the Texas Tech tree. So he'll have to make some tough decisions there as far as who he's keeping and who he's letting go. So, But he can't keep them all. He might keep one. But he's got to keep his loyalty to the offensive staff that he has at Oklahoma, who's always performed very well. And who players will transfer with in the portal. Players that have been recruited by the Oklahoma staff as far as the ones that are offensive linemen or receivers or quarterbacks, when those people come, they know they're going to be coached and they committed for some reason to Oklahoma because not over Lincoln, Riley, or Oklahoma, but because of the assistant coaches that recruited them. And you want to bring with them as many recruits and as many players in the portal that you think that can play to USC. Now, Oklahoma is going to be all upset at that because they're going to think they're transferring away their classes are decommitting, players are decommitting, and everything else. But that's why they go to school, because of the coach. So on the defensive side, um, I don't really know if they'll keep everybody. I'm not even sure they'll keep Dante Williams, depending on uh, that situation and what the arrangements was in the hiring of Lincoln Riley. Because you remember when you have a coach that's been the head coach and recruited the players and 
this and that, that the loyalty of these players are going to be towards Dante. They all run to Dante every time they have a problem or talk about it. So it'll be a big decision there. Did he, in part of his negotiation, say, I pick my staff? Or did he say, or did they tell him you have to keep one coach or this coach or whatever? So that's something that only he knows and the administration knows as far as Dante Williams is concerned. So that's a normal thing. That happens in coaching. Uh, I've had to do that before, and it's not easy to do. So the first thing he does is assemble a staff. I'm going to tell you that right now. But you're only as good as the people that surround you and bring the type of talent to you where you can coach them. So, again, uh, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if all of Williams, the quarterback of Oklahoma, follows him, even though Jackson Dart is here. Because when you look at Oklahoma, they have been successful because they've always had an athletic quarterback. You heard me talk about the one-back set. You cannot run that and do what Graham Harrell was doing without having your quarterback be involved. You saw Williams' run, 56-yard run the other day. Every one of the quarterbacks that have played there or won Heisman trophies there have been athletic and run the football, run the draw, do everything else, okay? So he's got to have an athletic quarterback. Now, what does that tell Miller Moss? What does that tell Keaton Slovis? I don't know. It tells him a story. But Rattler, too, that other great quarterback from California, wouldn't be a bit surprised if he follows him to Southern California, USC. Why he's from Southern California. So it's not a popularity contest. It's a business. You're going to get the best players that you can to surround you with. And if these quarterbacks already know the system and they're successful in the system, they're not going to be afraid to come to USC and compete with no matter what quarterbacks it's here. So you've got to look at the whole program and, and look at this. So, you know, it's a, it's a big, this is why they pay him big bucks, okay? Yeah. And this is why he has a mind to put it together. But that you asked me a question. I made a long answer, but I think you deserve it to know what's happening here. Yeah, and uh, just follow up with that, Coach. We did have a question from Tony in Athens, Greece. He texted in, will Riley bring his defensive staff or he find a new one? Uh, we don't know for sure yet. We'll, you know, there's a press conference this afternoon. We're recording this on Monday morning, um, but there'll be a 3 o'clock press conference. So by the time you listen to this, you might know. Uh, but, you know, we were told Alex Grinch was probably coming. You might remember him from his days at Washington State where he did a really good job there. Uh, and also uh, he was at uh, Ohio State and stuff for a while. Um, so, yeah, there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, let's see. Why don't we – we have a voicemail from our buddy Curtis who's also happy. Let me play it for you, Coach. Curtis from Moreno Valley. We got Lincoln Riley to agree to terms. I know I'm a more positive fan than most, but it's over for everybody. You you can't imagine the recruiting that's going to come right now. The kids that are coming right now. Hey, USC fans, don't get mad. He runs the air raid. Uh, yes, he does, but for some reason his running backs do very well and they score a lot of points and all that kind of stuff. This is going to be fun. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, Curtis, I agree with you. It's going to be fun. But he learned several years ago that you just can't go air raid, okay? He's not just completely air raid. He has the power. He has the counter power. He has the pulling of the guards and leading through. 
He does a lot of different things. He has play action pass. His quarterback continues on the fakes and run. They run bootleg. He runs the ball. His quarterback does all the things that we talk about what didn't happen at USC, okay? He's got a complete package. It's very difficult to defend. So, yes, he's part of the tree of the air raid, but he's adjusted the air raid like this past week that Graham Harold is starting to understand there's more to an offense than just throwing the ball 70 times a game. And as I mentioned, I hoped he played Malapii, and you all saw the spark that Malapii brought to the team as far as his toughness and the type of uh, physical type of ability he has as far as setting the tone as a captain, and it carried over to the defensive side and almost got the Trojans a, a victory. So uh, I think that uh, you're going to see a combination, not of an air raid. You'll see a combination of what a, an offense is when it has both. And I think that's what people look at. All right, Coach. Why don't we uh, take a quick break? We'll come back. we got some more questions to get to. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. Uh, crazy times around USC. USC fans are excited again. It's been a while since they made a hire. Dan Weber wrote a column, Coach Hyde, and uh, I mentioned this too on some shows. The last time USC actually went out and hired someone from the outside that was just a proven winner, it's been a while. Uh, you could argue it goes all the way back to 1925 when they hired Howard Jones, who had won national championships at other places like Yale uh, and Duke, I believe. I mean, this is just we haven't seen something like this uh, before where USC goes out and gets, you know, Matt Campbell would have been a big fish. I thought he would be a great, great hire. This is a, a level above that. Um, What's absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw it coming. It didn't seem like many people did, but USC hasn't traditionally done something like this before. No, they hadn't, uh, Ryan, but it was time they did or else they knew it was over with, okay? It hadn't been the best around USC for a lot of reasons. And they needed to uh, make a statement, and no matter what it cost them, if it's $100 million as far as towards the coaching staff and the budget's supposed to be enormous and maybe new athletic facilities that you'll see in the future for football. And other things, uh, it's worth the price that you put in it. You only return what you invest in something. You only get a return for what you invest in something. And if you look at it and you paper it out, within two or three years, you get back all of your investment by profit, okay? 
the way you're going right now, you're losing money. So you've got to invest in a company before you make any money. And this is basically what it is, is a company. And they've made the investment. They've got a CEO. They're giving him the budget and the money. And the stocks have gone up. And the ticket office is going crazy. And everybody's going to buy back their scholarships. And over a period of time, two or three years, all the money they're going to spend is going to come back. Plus, you're going to have great morale at the university. So there's a point of morale at a school on campus and off campus and everything that really makes a difference. And somebody got the message through our podcast or through the media or through players and parents that somebody got the message and uh, the strong alumni that this isn't just going to work. And if Carol Folt didn't believe in it or Mike Bone didn't believe in it, they were going to get somebody that believed in it. So they got off it and they did it right. And they had great backup selections too. the people I think that have been really good. So uh, I think they went through a good week of interviewing and they got their guy. And I think it's a tremendous uh, hire. And I think it's great for the whole university and the whole Southern California. I mean, look at the excitement of guys on the East Coast. That 7 o'clock kickoff date, guys, is over. Okay, 7.30, 8 o'clock, that's over. The first game of the year, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know who they play. You know who they play, Ryan, the first game of the year? Uh, it's it's either Rice or Fresno State. That's the out-of-conference outside of Notre Dame next year. Right. I have no idea who they play first, but that stadium will be excited, roaring, oh, yeah. and it'll be uh, what it's supposed to be like at USC. They'll get a new jockey for the horse or whatever. The horse, will be, uh, the horse right now is in training, tra- traveler. Getting ready to run a lot uh, with the Lincoln Riley offense going there. Uh, We got an email from Jack in New Jersey. He says, Christmas comes early for USC. This guy meets all your requirements for the next head coach at SC. Uh, So I I said, get someone who's good at their job and doesn't know the fight song. He does meet those requirements. Bone and Sosnes should be commended on a job well done. Excellent choice. USC is back, baby. Fight on. I can wear my USC hat again. Jack from New Jersey, and he says, and yes, I do feel like a kid on Christmas morning that got a great present. Well, it was great for the Pac-12. Let me tell you why. The, the Pac-12's got to make a decision now. Are we going to go with SC or is it going to be another Pete Carroll era? 97 wins and 10 losses or whatever the heck it was. Are we going to gear up to uh, Mario Cristobal in Oregon? All of a sudden, uh, he is uh, uh, in shock as others are, all the recruiting and stuff. He might lose some players that he had as far as the top recruiting class. All these other pro Washington now, they're going to put more money into their head football coach. Are they going to be able to compete? Is Arizona State going to make a change? What is UCLA going to do? Is UCLA going to allow USC across town to have the rock star and possibly at UCLA? You know, yes, he won at eight games, but look at what they're drawing. There's nobody happy. 21 people that came in as portal transfers and now recruiting freshmen. Who knows what that season is going to be? Are they willing to give another long-term a, a contract? So all of a sudden, this wakes up the Pac-12 again. And that's what happened to him before when Pete Carroll was dominating. It forced these other schools to have better programs or just hand over the trophy before the season starts. That's why he didn't have any support or USC didn't have any support when those sanctions came down, including the commissioner, because they all felt this was their chance of getting even and getting back to be able to catch up with USC. You heard me say that 10 years ago or five years ago, whenever that happened. 
So now they're faced with it again. Are we going to gear up or are we going to let USC run away with it? So it's going to make the whole Pac-12 a whole different conference. Yeah, for sure. Um, why don't we go back to another voicemail? Uh, here we go. Hello, Coach Hyde. My name is Guy. Um, I'm very curious about your special reaction, your knowledgeable reaction to uh, your, so much um, very strong critique about the the, the Graham Harrell type of, um, I guess you might call it um, a, um, well, anyway, air raid, uh, gumbo raid, uh, that there were problems with that, and you said there always would be problems. You predicted that. Um, is it different with the kind of air raid? Do you see a significant difference with the kind of air raid that uh, Lincoln, Riley, Lincoln Riley runs? And in the sense that, can we, can we, uh, will the defense still be at a disadvantage playing against uh, an air raid uh, offense, even if it's a quality air raid offense? In in the sense that uh, you can't really then practice for other teams that don't run the air raid, something like that. I don't want to mumble on too long, but I think you get the idea. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, I, I got the idea to do exactly what you're talking about, but we, we've talked about this, discussed this many times on the show. Uh, at, at Oklahoma, they've had trouble stopping people, if you notice that. Over the last couple of years, he's made several changes on the defensive staff, and I think uh, there is a uh, a little bit of a uh, different feeling because it's a different type of offense you go against daily. It's a keep-you-off-balance type of offense, man. I tell you, you, you catch a pass, and he run the ball at you, and, and, and you're really off-balance a lot with uh, playing Oklahoma. And uh, it, it could have an effect on the defense, and I'm not saying that will at USC. But I think that uh, with the proper players and coaches, you can adapt to that because in the Pac-12, you're playing teams that do throw the ball a lot. Now, teams that don't throw the ball a lot lot are are Utah and Oregon State, and they pound you. So when they pound you like that, boy, you better be ready for that. I I get exactly what you're saying. Because they ball control you and pound you, and they're very physical, and they can beat you. But uh, again, you're you're going to. And this could have been uh, some of the problems that he's had when he's gone to the football uh, playoffs. He hasn't had a win in that because he's had to go against teams that do run the football and they're very physical. And when, if you remember, when they played SC in the Orange Bowl, I think Stoops was the coach then. That when Norm Chow and Pete Carroll's team just blew them out. So again, uh, uh, could be a little bit of an effect on that. Am I going to say that is the reason? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing and they're going to be able to adjust to that. Understand that's exactly what maybe their problem might be where they need to go against more power type of stuff and maybe they'll put more into their offense. They do have stuff that can do that now. I tell you, I watch it. They can run power. They can run those things, but they've got an athletic quarterback that when you run that power, if he keeps the ball or a quarterback draw or 
he scrambles around for the pass. That guy can run 50, 60 yards and throw on the run and, and do the whole thing. So it's a whole different package offensively. It'll make the defensive better that way because you'll be able to play against an athletic quarterback, which USC had no idea how to stop an athletic quarterback. The entire year, option, any type of athletic quarterback just ate them up. So it'll make their defense better at USC because they'll be practicing against an athletic quarterback. So in the long run, I think it'll all balance out. Don't worry about those things right now. Let's just get the thing to going and worry about what's happening here in the future, and he'll put that together. All right, we got a text message from Christian in L.A., but he's living in Dallas. He's from L.A., but he lives in Dallas now. SC just made a statement higher. I hope this sends a message to recruits and other Blue Blood programs that USC is serious about football again. Do you think there's still time to fix this recruiting class? Uh, Christian from L.A. and Dallas. Well, uh, there's time to fix it, uh, but not to the ability of the class that they could have next year. I think there's players out there that will change their minds uh, immediately. I, I know some have already, uh, they, they, but he hadn't had time probably to talk to them or whatever to evaluate it, but his assistant coaches will be shortly. And uh, and uh, I think that uh, USC is going to be a place you want to go to school, okay? If Lincoln Riley can get him to go to Norman, Oklahoma, you think he might be able to get him to come to Southern California? I mean, really, folks, let's think about it. Nothing against all you Oklahoma fans and all of that, but if you could have a great program in L.A., where would you rather go to school? I mean, uh, I bet they fly the recruits in there at night so they can't see what's surrounding the city. And the tornadoes and the weather. I mean, great school, great tradition, great people. I know them. But, you know, why can't he put together a dominant program? And you can recruit nationally, because he has recruited nationally. See, he recruits California. He recruits Oklahoma. He recruits Texas big time. Oklahoma gets a lot of their players out of Texas. And not the players out of Texas that can't play or don't want to play at Texas any longer or transfer. He's got the players that beat Texas. So if he can bring them to Oklahoma, he can certainly bring them to California. The big-time players. Most of the players you're going to want to get from California, except for the talent that you can't get in California because it's lean. So you go out of California to get some of that type of talent that you need to bring in here to bring in a certain type of players that will make you the type of contender for a national champion. So, yeah, uh, I think that... uh, uh, I just do. I just believe this is all going to happen. It's going to take some time. The recruiting year won't be as great, but it'll be good. And I'll tell you what's going to be good. He'll have a great portal, but the players he brings in that wants to play for him, the underclass players, not the seniors, but the guys that are freshmen and sophomores that are great athletes, so they develop and come along. You don't want to just take a bunch of players and take players, and USC's going to lose a lot of players. And it's good that they do leave. It really is. Because they just stand around and they're taking scholarships. It's time that they move on. This is part of what it's all about. It's time for you to go somewhere else, somewhere else. They made a mistake. You know, most of the players on defense were five-star players, except in the secondary, and they broke down all the time. You saw that happen. So you can't they play above their head as far as they can play. And some of the guys that were five stars on defense, I thought they played out of position. You heard me talk about it all the time. 
Foreman and Jackson look like basketball players. They don't look like football players. I don't know, but he'll get them back where they can rush the passer. And I don't know what Jackson's going to do. Is Jackson going to come out? I don't know. I mean, when you watch him play this year, if I was an NFL scout, I'm not sure I'd take him in the first round for what I saw this year. He was hurt all the time and didn't play and played out of position. And, you know, you know, it's a lot of little things. If I'm going to pay a guy a lot of money, I mean, I want some. I want him to start the first year for me in the NFL as my first round draft choice. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The uh, I, just a few thoughts on the recruiting aspect of it, and so and just to let everyone know there's a ton of articles, information, rec- especially a lot of recruiting stuff up on uscfootball.com right now. We're doing a Cyber Monday sale, seventy five percent off. So I should have mentioned that at the top, but if you if you're not a member, if you're not a subscriber. Perfect time to do it. It's going to be like 25 bucks for the year. Just go do it. It's crazy good. Um, there's a lot of information out there. And Gerard Martinez talked about this, Coach, where if there were some hires that USC could bring in, and even if they got them in like this week, which you know USC did, um, it would be tough to turn this recruiting class around. But there was a couple names that could have a significant impact on the class where you're not just salvaging it, but you're actually thriving a little bit in the class. And Lincoln Riley's one of them, mostly because – I mean, he's a huge name, obviously, and you know he's multiple Heisman winners and all of that. But he recruits Southern California hard. Now, there's some really top players, a bunch of guys from Los Alamitos High School in the class of 2023 that USC will be in the mix for all those guys. I think eight players have already decommitted from Oklahoma since Lincoln Riley left. But if you're able to close on a bunch of these guys, and he's going to have two weekends to recruit uh, to try to get them, that changes the face of this class significantly. And I think that helps the building blocks of getting the class, uh, you know, getting this program back on its feet. If you're able to bring in a, you know, top 10 type of national class when, you know, right now it's just, there's, you know, all the best players have decommitted. It's just no one was going to be there. I think things change a lot with Lincoln Riley there. So these these next two weeks for recruiting are going to be important. Uh, but he was the one one of the names, coach, that if he was hired and hired early enough, he could have a more significant impact on this recruiting class. No, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Ryan. How many numbers does USC have this year? Do you know? Uh, I think they're going to be able to bring in a full class if they want to. But there, you can also, with a transfer portal, you could bring in up to seven more, I believe is the new rule. So like up to 32. A lot of those guys are going to be taken from the portal. So I think there's going to be, like you said, any kind of coaching change, you're going to see significant turnover. Players are going to get run off. That's just the way it's going to be in college football. Like some of those guys that are just on scholarship, there are be players that don't like having uh, you know, a real head coach that's going to have discipline and, and hold you accountable. They were used to something that wasn't quite up to that. There's some players that's not what they really want for their college experience. So there'll be turnover there. And then, of course, players will be transferring in too. But I think it can be a, you know, they can bring a significant amount of people, but they'll probably leave a bunch of spots open for the portal, I would guess. Well, I agree. And I tell you, it's going to be a little bit more like business around there rather than showtime, Hollywood time. I tell you, it's a serious business at Oklahoma. And that same philosophy will come here. And if he brings that here the same way they had it at Oklahoma, the players will shape up. They'll like the discipline. The front office will shape up. Practices will be different, more disciplined. There'll be a lot of changes. And I, I think everyone's looking forward to that, Ryan. So we all are. 
And uh, I, I think it's a great hire. I'm happy for everyone in the FC family. I'm happy for the Pac-12 because it's going to make them a legit conference again, which they need. And uh, Brian, I'm going to ask you this question before I let you go, or you let me go. <laughs> let me—I don't know if we're done or not. But who's going to win between Utah and Oregon? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to ask you that because you were at the uh, Pasadena Quarterback Club when I asked Ryan and Ben that. Now I'm going to ask you that. Sure. Uh, we have, we have one more question, but I'll, I'll talk about this one first. I'm actually going. I'm going to go to Vegas. I've never been to Allegiant Stadium, so I want to go check it out. And, uh, you know, I do the Pac-12 podcast, the Podcast of Champions. So I'm going. David Woods is, is probably going to go, too, so we'll go out and check it out. Um, I really liked Utah in their matchup with Oregon when it was in Salt Lake City. Um, I'm, a le- I'm you know, I think Utah's a three-point favorite or something in this one. I'm sort of leaning towards Oregon. Uh, a little bit. I thought they played really well against uh, Oregon State. Um, you know, in the what used to be called the Civil War, uh, in a neutral site, and you just got your butts kicked by Utah. And I love the way Utah's playing. I think I'm going to lean towards Oregon in this one. I haven't made a pick yet, but I it put me on the spot, Coach. I think I'm going to go towards Oregon. Do you have a, a favorite in this one? Well, I just wanted to put you on the spot, yeah. right? Yeah, you got to make. You need to be on the spot once in a while, <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, I look at the game this way. You know, they just played two weeks ago. So who has the advantage of playing each other back again? Oregon got beat badly. They were embarrassed. They got out physical. They pounded them. And uh, and they didn't get the effort they needed out of their quarterback. They have a one-back offense, okay? And Banks didn't have a great game. And Banks had a, you know, you got to depend on Banks being able to throw the football and run as an athlete. Now, if Oregon comes out and able to uh, run the football against them and and Banks can run the football and uh, throw the ball well, they got a better chance. But if they allow Utah to take that football, pound it right down their throat like they did before, and the quarterback has a great evening as he did before as far as getting under center and play-action pass and holding the football, but they don't get the football back, i like Oregon to beat him or Utah to beat them, but I think it's going to be a great matchup because it's a two-week difference as far as when they played each other. And these players, you know, one got embarrassed and the others have a lot of confidence, and uh, I think it's a great matchup. I I really do. And it's a 5 o'clock kickoff on a Friday night, right, Brian? It's Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah, uh, so they don't Vegas. have a lot of time you. to get ready. I'm going to drop so your name. Not a, yeah. I hope so I there's not a lot of time of. to game plan, you know what I mean? Really, when you think about it. Yeah. So uh, it, it'll be uh, a nice matchup and a good championship game. It's a beautiful stadium up there in Vegas, and uh, it's going to be a great thing. I, I tell you, and then the winner, that's going to the Rose Bowl, and that'll be exciting, too, on who they play in the Rose Bowl. Will it be a team that's never been there before, like Utah? Or will it be a team like Oregon, who's won the Pac-12, uh, well, they won the Pac-12 North nine out of the last ten times, I think. And uh, I think they've won it four out of five as far as going to the Rose Bowl when they played the South. So will it be a new team or will it be a team that's been there before? Yeah, we will see. Um, yeah, Anthony Brown, I think, is going to be the key for Oregon. He's got he's to not th- turn the ball over and stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. All right, we had one last question before we let you go. So All right. no, I get apparently not everyone's happy. Steve says, coming in as one of the few – uh, not excited with the Lincoln Riley hire. Looks like we have about four more years of a soft team that cannot go under center and earn those hard 
short yards. Uh, Riley's offense does not allow for a strong defense. Really disappointed with Bone. More soft SC football. I'll check back when Bone is gone and so is Riley. Steven San Diego. Wow. Uh, I don't know, Coach. You're someone that doesn't like soft football. I, I, When I look at this Lincoln-Riley team and the o- Oklahoma team, they run the football a ton. Um so I, you know, just like what we saw at USC, they were running the ball with you know more authority. They've actually been pretty good in, in short yard situations this year, but I don't think that's one of the concerns uh, with Lincoln Riley. I think they've they've been a pretty tough football program. They do run the football, and they use their quarterback a lot in the run too. So you got to remember that. Look at their quarterback and how athletic they are. I mean, when you look at these guys, Murray and all these guys, they ran all over the place. I mean, they're they're really scat backs. I mean, they're as good as running backs and. Uh, and uh, that's what I'm saying. He's going to use that, uh, and uh, that's part of the offense. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be real interesting. I, I think they've got some players there that can play his type of offense, but there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be changed. There really are. Uh, he's not big in all this other stuff that goes on. And and I know uh, he's very disciplined. I know his sergeant of arms, as far as I've met him before, or whatever you want to call him, and I wouldn't mess with him. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I think that this is going to be uh, all business and uh, it's going to be a uh, game day and they, they, and they're going to learn to play uh, when it's game day. It's not like they're going to watch the game. They're going to play because I remember when I was doing the Laurie's banquet, I was sitting at the table with him and I said, is Baker Makefield going to play tomorrow? He says, hey, but remember he had the flu when he was out here. He said, coach, he's going to play because he's a winner and winners play. And I will always remember that. And uh, it was a great game, and he had a great game. If you remember, I think they were up until they were winning, and then I can't remember. They lost in the last seconds, I think. But uh, winners play. So uh, they find a way to win. And I think that he'll bring that attitude. And I like that. I like that type of talk. So that's where you get toughness, too, you know. You don't get toughness by having a hangnail and find a way not to practice. You find a way to practice. And I think that's what he brings to USC. Nice, Coach. Well, good stuff. You got personal experience with uh, the man himself, Lincoln Riley, and we're looking forward to meeting him a little bit later today. Uh, But thanks again, Coach, uh, for everything you do, and uh, look forward to – I guess we'll have to recap the final game, but it'll probably be more about what's going to – the future of the program when we go on the show next week. But uh, good stuff as always, and I hope you uh, had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon, Coach. I had a great one, buddy. I gained about five pounds, so I figure I better get out and work it off because uh, Riley's coming to town, and he's going to get me back in shape. So uh, I'm going to get out there. I want to thank all of you. I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. We're into another holiday season now. We want to make sure I always use that term, buckle up. Be careful wherever you go out there. And I hope you made that call. I always tell you, do on those holidays, make sure you make that special call. I did to someone who really doesn't have anybody calling them or get a gift or send a card to somebody that's not going to get a card. And I think it'll make you a real happy person. Okay, Ryan, I'm going to let you go. And remember, if you want to listen to me on Sunday mornings, it's uh, with Chuck Hayes and I on AM 830 at 10 a.m. Okay? Buckle up, everyone, and thank you, and happy holiday season. Thanks to you, Coach, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to jump on that 75% off annual sale for Cyber Monday, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. 
It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.